Hello and welcome everybody to episode 17 of Discover Podcasting. Uh, I am your host for this episode. My name is Rich Yamamoto and in the library I have Mr. Taylor and Patrick as our hosts. Hi. And, and today we are going to do things a little differently. Uh, I'm going to introduce one of our guests on the show, uh, Miss Maritas Altuna is a member of the Deaf Blind Project at the Kansas State School for the Blind, and she will be introducing our uh, other guest for the show. So, Ms. Maritas, go ahead. Well, thank you for the introduction, Rich. Today on the show, we will be talking to Ms. Jen Houston, Community Relations Manager from UMB Financial Corporation. And Jen has an exciting job at UMB, she develops opportunities and provides resources for UMB employees looking to get involved in their community. So that's really exciting. She manages the company's workplace giving campaigns and volunteer time off programs. And she also led the development of the UMB Foundation Matching Gift Program. So the Kansas State School for the Blind has been a recipient of UMB's generosity to the community. Uh, UMB has been providing financial support to the Braille Challenge since 2015 through the Casey Blind All-Stars Foundation. And the Braille Challenge in Kansas is a celebration of Braille literacy. It is designed to motivate students who are blind or visually impaired to learn Braille. And Braille literacy is crucial uh, for academic achievement and employment for individuals who are blind or visually impaired. So Jen, welcome to the show. We are very excited to learn more about you and what UMB does in the community. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for coming on the show. And uh, thank you, Ms. Maritas, for putting us all together in contact. Uh, so my first question um, is one that we ask to all our guests. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and how, you, how you got into communications and public relations at UMB. Well, I um, have worked in a number of different roles so far throughout my career, but it really all goes back to high school. When I um, went to Liberty High School in Missouri, we had a program called KLHS. We had a student-run broadcast. Every single day, we put together a news program. We got to report on the local stories in our community and in our school, and that really sort of started my broadcast journalism uh, experience. I went on to attend Mizzou's journalism school where I got a degree in broadcast journalism. But nearly when I had finished that program, I'd realized journalism wasn't exactly the right fit for me, uh, but it gave me so many incredible communication skills, strategic communication skills to be specific. And that really has driven my career. So I worked at the Mid-America Regional Council, which is the Regional Council of Governments here in the Kansas City Metro. I really honed my communication skills in that role for several years before going to work at the City of Liberty, which uh, is my hometown. So that was a pretty fascinating experience to work in your hometown. And then that led me to my career now at UMB where I'm the community relations manager. So I get to help our 3,500 employees from across the nation get plugged into the community, working with causes and nonprofit organizations that they're passionate about. 
So I've done a little bit of everything. I got to work in nonprofit, I got to work in local government, and now I'm working in the corporate space. Yeah, that's certainly cool. Uh, one thing I was kind of wondering is how did you in originally get interested in this sort of thing back in high school? Uh, I can't really tell you how I got interested in it. I don't remember the first um, sort of intro, but our program was incredible, much like what I'm experiencing right now with you all, how fascinating and incredible that you guys are preparing this podcast. Uh, podcasts are not a thing that existed when I was in high school. Um, but I think the concepts really apply. And so uh, I can't tell you how I got involved, but once I was involved, I was all in. Um, I got to do a number of different roles working on the KLHS program, including getting to participate in hosting a 24 hour marathon. Uh, I'm sure you guys can appreciate what it must be like to fill 24 hours of space. <laughs> it was a lot of work and I learned a lot. Um, oh my. <laughs> and that just sort of, you know, awakened in me this um, enthusiasm and excitement for storytelling and engaging through um, television. Well, that's definitely interesting. We haven't done any 24-hour um, marathons on the podcast, um, although that, that gives me an idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I'd totally be down to just live, like have a set up a live stream on something and uh for a few, not e even not 24 hours, but just live something and talk to people and interact. I don't know. That's an idea. Yeah. yeah. And have people call in and engage. You sort of never know what stories might unfold based on uh, taking calls from, from your listeners. So one of the things I was curious about, you, you know, you had mentioned that you're public relations and uh, uh, at the, at UMB. So what were kind of the building blocks that were used to, create the foundation for UMB to start working in the community with different organizations? Like what kind of started all of that? Well, UMB is 108 years old um, and we started here in Kansas City. UMB used to stand for United Missouri Bank, but at this point it no longer stands for anything because we have expanded far beyond the state of Missouri. Um, but the reason that's important is because UMB has always been ingrained in its local community, recognizing that we are successful because our communities are successful. And so our leadership has always found ways to support local nonprofits through board service, um, especially. And then my position has been around for years. I've only been in it for six years, but somebody did hold this position before me. And we really have a focus on helping our employees be involved. So, you know, a company has leadership at all different levels, and it's really important that folks at all levels are engaged. So I work to create opportunities that are really meaningful and easy for all, not, all UMB associates to, to plug into, whether that is, you know, a banker at your local branch or if that is somebody who works on the technical side of things in our technology center. Okay, that's pretty cool. So the, so the bank has, if I'm understanding this correctly, so the bank has pretty much been involved in, in the community for as long as the bank's been around then, correct? Absolutely, it is, it is a, a key component to uh, our history and our success and something I foresee UMB staying plugged in uh, forever. Okay. So with, you majored in communications, correct? In college? 
Broadcast journalism. Yeah. So the oh, journalism broadcast school, journalism. Okay. Yeah. Journalism school at Mizzou is separate from the communication school. Okay. So was there any extra like uh, training that you needed for, for working in this particular field at the bank or was there any, you know, on the, on the job experience that you needed to have beforehand? I'll tell you, my background is a little bit different from the background that folks usually take to get into a community relations role. But I'll tell you that my broadcast journalism background has played a huge part in the success I've been able to experience. One is getting to talk with folks, right? Like I am comfortable talking in front of large groups. I'm comfortable talking with small groups, relationship building. That's something that's really critical for a journalist, right? You have to produce a story every single day and the story is going to be different. So you need to be um, willing and able to talk with strangers, to get to know them, to understand their story, and then to package it in a way that can appeal to a broader audience. So that really ties in well to my job at UMB because as I mentioned, we have 3,500 employees and they're all doing different things. So the skill a, a journalist has of talking with strangers, getting to know them, learning their story relates perfectly to getting to know my fellow coworkers, what nonprofits they're involved in, what are they passionate about doing? That skill is, is perfect. And it, it, it has translated very well to help me be successful in my role as community relations manager. Yeah, that's definitely uh, cool. One thing I was curious about is um, what like technologies do you use for your job? Oh, that's a good question. So, and actually gets back to the previous question about special skills. So when I was working at the Mid-America Regional Council as um, a public affairs coordinator, we were responsible for the communications for entire departments. So instead of being a specialist, I was a communications generalist. That meant I needed to have strong writing skills. I had to know how to use PowerPoint. I needed to understand social media because I was creating content for our social media. I was writing executive speeches I was doing graphic design and page layout. And that was one of my favorite things about that job because I got to do a little bit of everything. And so through that opportunity, uh, the Mid-America Regional Council allowed me to participate in the Kansas City Art Institute's multimedia certificate program. So over the course of two years, I was able to get specialized training to help me with my job. I learned how to code HTML. I learned how to do um, JavaScript, which I have long since forgot. I learned how to do animation. Um, and so that helped me round out sort of this technical component, which has allowed me to sort of be a completely self-sufficient member of my communications team. So to be specific, if I'm running a campaign to do a fundraiser for one of our efforts, I don't have to ask the graphic design team for help. I'm able to do that on my own. I have access to Adobe Creative Suite and I'm able to manipulate images and make posters and resize them for web purposes. Then I'm able to go into our intranet site and create my own content there. And because I have strong writing skills with my journalism background, I'm able to write the story, edit the story and add the graphic components. So to, to talk about specific technical skills, it's really been a little bit of everything. I would not claim to be a graphic design expert, 
but I have enough skills to get by and to produce some nice looking content. Okay. Do you, with your, all of your campaigns and all the posters and the graphics and everything you have to make for them, um, do you have like staff that do all of your campaign work or some of it at least for you, or do you do everything on your own? Well, you know, it's a little bit of both because I, I am not an expert. Uh, sometimes I do have to call in the big guns, if you will, and the graphic design team can help me um, conceptualize or create, for example, an identity for a campaign. So this year we did a workplace giving campaign. We wanted to develop a look and feel that we would use for years to come. And so we sat down, we had a brainstorming session with several team members, had lots of ideas and settled on the use of our heart. We, we have this little icon we use a lot. That's a heart with a circle. And then we said where your pay fuels your passion. So long story short, we have an opportunity where associates can make contributions to nonprofit organizations through payroll deduction. So we wanted to clearly communicate that you could use your pay to support something you're passionate about. So they created the icon for me and then they gave me all the master files and I was able to implement it from there. So it's a little bit of both. I can be self-sufficient and do it all on my own, but also sometimes I do uh, call in the experts and they help me get up and running. I kind of operate that sa the same way. You know, I'm, I'm pretty self-sufficient when it comes to, you know, the, the school work that I have to do and the, and the coding that I used to have to do last semester and the year prior. And, and, but there are also times where it's, it's best to ask for a clarification when you're, when you're working on a big project and making sure you're doing it correctly. Yeah, I have found for myself that adds enough of variety to my day to keep me engaged and excited about my work. I mean, every single week, every single day at UMB looks different and that helps me stay excited and uh, to take on new challenges. So Rich, I'm glad to hear that you're experiencing that already in your schoolwork. I hope uh, you'll sort of feed that desire to be self-sufficient and, and also call in for help when you need it. Yeah, <laughs> it's definitely one of the one of the things that I've had to really, I used to really be completely self-sufficient and not ask for as much help. And, and then when my grades started to suffer, I kind of realized, oh man, that's probably not a good idea. <laughs> so um, what are some of the projects that you have been able to work on at UMB, some of the uh, public relations projects? Well, I'll tell you, the program that I'm most proud of so far in my time at UMB is establishing a matching gift program. So how it works is if a UMB employee makes a contribution to a qualified nonprofit organization, they fill out a small amount of paperwork and then UMB will match that gift. So this is a way that we can support our associates in the things that they love to do. So, you know, the, the number of requests for financial support are far greater than what we can say yes to always. And this is a way for us to sort of spread the love and be able to make some contributions all across the nation. So that program launched in 2018. It was a little bit slow to get started, if I'm being honest, right? It's hard to make people aware of a new program. And then once they're aware of it, it's hard to get them to take an action. It's not dissimilar from sales. Um, but last year we saw incredible growth. The program increased, the participation increased by 380%. We went from about 200 people participating to 1,000 people participating. 
Whoa. That's what I said. Wow. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. And I will tell you, part of the reason we found that success was by implementing a software solution that made it easy for folks to take advantage of the program. And so this was an example where, um, you know, making it at their fingertips and simple to do helped us see that huge increase. So would you say that would, that, that this, that that particular project has been one of your, one of your career highlights then? Absolutely. It, it is the, the thing so far that I've been able to accomplish that I am most proud of. And I think part of the reason is because we are extending our reach even further, right? I think it was 784 nonprofits who received funding through this program who otherwise might not have received any financial support from UMB. That's incredible. Yeah, it is. Um, so I heard you have a project related to teaching elementary kids like personal finance and such. Could you maybe tell us about that? Absolutely. So being a financial institution, financial education is extremely important to us. And we know that financial education starts when you're young. So we started working with an organization called the School of Economics. It is a, its own 501c3 nonprofit organization. In fact, um, they recently celebrated 25 years of being in existence. But they were serving the eastern part of the region, primarily um, the Blue Springs area, and the demand was greater than they could meet. There were more schools needing and wanting this experience than they physically had time and space for. So UMB worked with the School of Economics to help them open a second location, which means they will ultimately be able to double their impact. And we set up that location in our downtown campus. So it's really neat that when students come and visit the School of Economics at UMB, they're in the heart of the financial district. And right across the street, in fact, is the old Federal Reserve Bank. And they're just surrounded by what it means to work at a financial institution while they're learning these economic principles. So School of Economics is, think of it as a little city run by students. So every young person has a job that they are assigned um, and they are running a business. So before they even get there, they have to apply for their job and interview for their job. Then once they're on site, they perform their job, they receive a paycheck. And the company that they're running has a goal of paying off its loan with interest. So it's helping to teach kids about not only personal finances, right, because they're managing the money that they earn in their job, but they're also running this business, keeping in mind supply and demand, opportunity cost. They have to pay taxes because the mayor comes around and visits. So it's tying in all sorts of components from financial education, civic engagement, and also some soft skills, right? There's some... Um, conflict resolution that might have to happen among the students as they're working collaboratively to run their business. They learn teamwork. It's a really awesome program. It's had to be um, postponed right now because of COVID, but we're excited for that to be back up and running once it's safe to do so. Yeah, with all of your biggest projects or with all of your projects rather, what are your, some of your biggest challenges? Um, spreading myself too thin, I think might be it. You know, I, I'm sure you can tell by 
uh, all the various components of, of the work I've explained, but I'm just one person. And so it can be challenging to engage everywhere that I want to be, um, whether that's with employees, whether that's with nonprofit organizations, um, but the rewards far exceed the challenges uh, of spreading myself thin. And, and you just have to have strong time management skills to make it all work. I, I really agree with that. You know, a, a lot of the things that I've, you know, the projects that I've helped out with and the, the volunteer work that I've done, that's kind of one of the things that I've tended to do is I've uh, overcommitted myself a lot of times. <laughs> and so it makes it a little difficult for me to, you know, communicate with the, with the, the different, you know, my different people that I need to talk to, you know? And so it, it I think, you know, the, the communication skills, especially are, are, are key essential um, skills to master for a job like yours, correct? Yeah. And Rich, to that point, sort of looking ahead, you know, sometimes I can't say yes to everything. And sometimes the answer needs to be not right now, but in the future. So in the, the efforts and where you're spending your, your spare time, you might consider if there's an opportunity to say, I'm eager to help. Can I do it in Q3? Um, that, that has been something that's helpful for me because I want to be involved and want to be plugged in. But when I look at my year overall, I see some really busy times and some times that are slower. And that's where I try and plug in those additional opportunities. Right. And I, I, I've started doing that too as part of a time management thing that I've been learning how to do for the past couple of years. And so it's been really nice to be able to say, you know, I think I'm okay on this one, but I'm willing to help in any capacity that I can when I have, when I'm available to, um, which actually ties into my next question. Um, what advice would you give to upcoming up and coming students and people who are interested in working as public relations for, for a company or organization? My advice would be to be curious and learn new skills. Um, I never knew community relations existed until I was pursuing my MBA. You know, I had worked in nonprofit, I had worked in local government, I had this desire to be involved in my community and to do good work. Um, but I, I had never stopped to think about what that looks like from a corporate perspective. And had I not, you know, continued to grow and develop myself, stayed curious to learn more, I never would have known this field existed and I never would have found such an incredible job or opportunity. And I think that also ties into what I was saying before about being a generalist. I really enjoy and appreciate the fact that, you know, if my team needs somebody to fill in and go take some photos at an event, I can raise my hand and offer to do it because my journalism background helps me take nice photos. If um, they need somebody to go and staff uh, an interview because one of our, our leaders is being you know, interviewed by a media outlet, I can raise my hand because I have background, a, a journalism background. So my advice would be to be curious and diversify your skills. I mean, who knows what careers are gonna look like in five, 10, 15 years with technology advancing so quickly, the job that you are in when you're my age might not even exist yet. Uh, 
that's really good advice. And I, I, we've heard about that kind of like, we've heard a lot of that from our, our previous guests too. So it's, it's good that we're seeing some, you know, some, some unity in, in having the curiosity to, to, to focus on, like to be interested in different fields as well. Yeah. I mean, so. to sort of close out that point, I think it's, it's equally important to learn the things you don't enjoy, right? Like even if, if you pursue something and it's not a great fit, that's a data point. You've learned about yourself, you've learned about your capabilities and your skills, and that can help narrow your focus. Absolutely. What are some of your other, uh, some of the other highlights of your, of your job that you get to, that you have been able to do? Hmm. Well, I think some of my highlights, uh, we've talked about the School of Economic Projects has been incredible. Um, the matching gift program, and then using all of my past experience to be a connector, right? Because I used to work at the Mid-America Regional Council. It represents 119 cities, two states, nine counties. I'm just familiar with like odd programs and projects that are happening across the region. And so now in my work at UMB, I might be hearing about a challenge or an issue or be talking to an employee who wants to get plugged in somewhere. And I happen to know about it because uh, I, I had this past experience. Okay. I, I can see that too. And like have, you know, having these experiences and, and networking too is, is, a, is a good thing to do as well, correct? Absolutely. And being, being um, interested to learn about other folks and then, you know, connecting the dots later, right? You might be at one event and you hear about somebody who's tackling sustainability issues, for example, and then five months down the road, you learn something else and being able to make those connections means you're adding value for somebody else's life. Absolutely. Is there a way for other people to get involved in the work that UMB does? You know, people who yeah, don't work in are, the bank? Sure. Since my programs are more directed towards our associates, you really have to be a UMB employee or associate to, to leverage some of the programs. But one of the ways that people could be engaged is by following us on social media. We like to share our stories there, but we also have tons of financial education resources. So if somebody is looking to find out more about how to solidify their personal finances, how to talk with their kids about saving money, um, how to plan for retirement, we have all sorts of information to talk with young people to adults at every stage in their, their financial life stage so that they can be prepared for a stable, secure future. Perfect. Um, well, I think we're about to wrap up here a little bit. Um, is there any, or is there any closing comments from Miss Houston or Miss Maritas? Um, Rich, uh, this is yes. uh, Miss Maritas. I have a question to Miss uh, to Jen. Could you tell okay. us a little bit about the American Royal Field Trip or the UMB market? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for asking. So. Um, UMB has a long history of supporting the American Royal, and that takes all sorts of shapes. Sometimes that is through um, sponsoring the World Series of Barbecue, where barbecue teams come from literally across the world. There are international teams who come and participate. 
uh, but also we are working to educate youth about agriculture. And so UMB sort of tied together two key components for us, which are arts and, excuse me, which are financial education and agriculture to launch something called the UMB market. So at the UMB market, students are able to make decisions about nutritious foods to buy at our simulation. So it's just like a grocery store. You walk in, there's a produce section with fruits and vegetables. There's a dairy section, a protein section, and a grains section. And so we tell these young people that they have a goal to buy at least one item from each of the five food groups while staying in their budget. So that's where we're tackling the two key components of agriculture, where our food comes from in the food supply system and healthy, nutritious food with financial education, the limited resources of having to make decisions on a budget. So if you only have $20 and the state costs 10, that means you're going to have to choose a less expensive fruit, for example, when you're completing your shopping list. So we launched that effort in 2016 and um, it has been a ton of fun. Parents enjoy it as much as the kiddos do. The food in our, our market is, is fake food. <laughs> Otherwise, we'd have another problem on our hands. Uh, but the kids just love interacting with the food and making their own menus and decisions about what's for dinner that night. That is incredible. That is really cool. <laughs> it can prepare them for when they're adults and making uh, decisions about how to feed themselves on their own one day. So when does this event usually take place? Well, it happens in September, usually. It's uh, over the course of a week. Up to 6,000 students can go through uh, the activity. It's a part of a larger um, event hosted by the American Royal called American Royal Field Trips, where American Royal has all sorts of exhibitors. I mean, they have alpaca farmers, they have dairy farmers. You can actually see a dairy cow be milked. They have folks who raise bees, so you can learn about the importance um, bees play in pollinating to keep our food supply intact. And then UMB is just one of the many exhibitors on site where we have our UMB market. So UMB has the, UM, the, the UMB market at American Royal Field Trip. And is that, does that go over the course of a couple of days or is that just uh, one day? It is four days. Um, at the end of September. So student groups come in from all over the region to spend time at American Royal Field Trips. And so we have 100 volunteers there over the course of those four days. That is, that is crazy cool. We have a lot of fun. It sounds like fun. It's it sounds really exciting. I hope that we could go and, and bring our students there to participate at one time when pandemic is over. Yes. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I would love back to our earlier conversation to help make that connection so we can be certain to have uh, your students join us. That would be really fun to do uh, because I think I, I think learning how to create a, a, a food budget and, and looking at the different you know, nutritious uh, options is a, is a very important uh, uh, piece of adulting. You got that right. <laughs> so, okay, well, I think we're gonna start to wrap up. Um, 
thank you, Miss Maritas and Miss Houston, for joining the podcast today. Um, it's it's definitely been a pleasure. Um, is there a way that people can get in contact with either of you to learn to find out more about UMB Bank or um, the the projects that they do? Sure, absolutely. Well, Rich and Patrick, thank you for the invitation. It has been my pleasure to chat with you today. If folks are interested in learning more about UMB's community involvement, I can be reached at jen.houston at umb.com. And I'd also encourage you to check us out on all social media platforms. We are UMB Bank. And we are KSSB Podcast on Twitter and I believe Instagram, yes. Yes. So if you would like, if anyone would like to follow us who are not, um, that is our page. We post updates and other such information. Um, we also have a Telegram channel. Telegram is a little messenger. Um, it's kind of an interesting little app, but if you'd like to join that, um, the link is on our Twitter. It's actually a really simple link, but it's on our Twitter in case it updates and such. Um, so yeah. Yes. And that link is for posting updates and um, posting, you know, announcements about what's going on on the podcast. Um, so, yeah. Um, does anybody have any closing uh, remarks before we end the show for the day? Definitely a great podcast. Yes, this is, this will be published uh, in probably late afternoon after this is recorded or the day after. So once this is published, we will uh, send you guys the link and you can listen, listen back to it. Sounds wonderful. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Thank you for coming on the show. And to our listeners, we will see you again soon. Bye-bye. All right. Take care.